are back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike, and Big Ugly is taking care of some logistical, technical stuff right now for us because we just did the 100th episode. It was huge. But now we're into episode 101, and we have got a big interview to start off this next 100 episodes that we're going to get to 200. This guy is the current EWA heavyweight champion. He is a big fan of Rocky Balboa. He's got the look. He's got the style. He's got the sound. And uh, he is actually going to be in the steel cage defending the championship on January 15th, 2022. Tall Cedars Hall, Parkville, Maryland. Rage in a cage. Every match in the steel cage. This is the main event. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one. The only. You have got to be kidding me. What the? You have got to be kidding me. The the man who's got the look, he's got everything. He's got the title. He's in the main event. That guy should be talked about in the vein that is the Red Prince, TJ Sykes. No, 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 no. That's not kidding me, Mikey. You have got to be kidding me. Where in the hell in the... What, what, what? This what is you a do? secure how, line. How are you? No, it's a, you, I've done this before, Mike. You already should know how I can do this. You know that I'm capable of many different things. And hijacking a low-rate podcast is one of them. Hey, hey, are you, now. Are you, no, 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 no. The fact that you are about to introduce Sly and not the Red Prince, the real Mr. EWA, the real main event of Sly Rage Scarpone, that's right. Absolutely. No, no, there's no absolutely about it. You're talking about a fake champion a few months ago i wanted to play a little bit of a game the game was called what is real and what is fake now what is real is that ewa championship the physical ewa championship belt what is fake what is fake is sly scarpone's title ring for over a year for over a year mikey this pandemic has hit everybody so very hard and i understand that i understand that greatly it's hit everybody but when things started opening up, one by one by one by one, everybody who was a champion EWA came back to defend their title. The tag team titles, the EWA Cruiserweight title. The How did he title. even get on? The- everybody I- I- I everybody came out. The show must go on somehow, some way, Mikey. And everybody who represents EWA came out. Hell, I came out. But where? Where was Sly? Where was he? See, a real champion. If he was a real champion mikey he would have vacated that belt if he was worried about the pandemic if he was worried about the things shutting down if he was worried about the fact that the world is on fire right now he I never lost the championship he, tj he should have vacated that title and let somebody who could show up let somebody who could defend the ewa title and represent the company he should have vacated the title but he didn't because he's a coward because he's a fake champion are you kidding me easy. it is easy to win that championship, but it's hard to keep it. And he realized that because if he came out, he knows that TJ Sykes would have whooped his ass from pillar to post to take the EWA championship. You know that. I know that. And he knows that. That's why he hid. He's been hiding since the beginning of all this. You are an opportunist, I won the EWA sir. Title. I won the EWA title at Rage in the Cage, and now I'm just going to sit here and wait. He doesn't understand what it takes to be a real champion. He doesn't understand that the real work starts when you take that belt. And he wasn't willing to put in the work. He wasn't willing to put in the time. That is not a real champion. How can me, you, can you ever? Champion of EWA. I don't care. Shut up. Shut up. 
stand in front of a man and not attack him. I am in the show now. I am. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm angry at the world, Mikey. And I got a lot to say. Flash Carpone is, he's done. January 15th, Rage in the Cage, he is done. He has not faced a man the caliber of the Red Prince, TJ Sykes. He's not faced a man, a monster, if you will, like the Red Prince, TJ Sykes. I, I run EWA. I am the real EWA champion. I am the EWA championship. I am the top prize. I am the holy grail. And you're going to have the audacity to bring him on here on 101 and interview him like he is the main event. He is not the main event. He is nothing. He's the champion. He is nothing. Mikey, he is nothing to me. Oh, yes, Al, he is a great competitor, but he is not a champion. You know it, Mikey. He's the EWA heavyweight champion. So you know he is nothing compared to me. Nothing. And there's nothing you can say about it. There's nothing you can do about it. Because once that cage door is locked, when they say it's the main event and it's time, you know that there is nobody in EWA, in EWA's history, that can perform like I can, that can captivate an audience like the Red Prince CJ Sykes fan. You know there is nobody in the history of EWA that can hold an EWA championship with the style and class that it deserves like the Red Prince TJ Sykes. You know it. And I'm not going to let I some can't believe he some fake run around with that belt calling himself champion. I will not allow it. You know, Mikey. You know firsthand what I am capable of. You know it. You've seen it. You have experienced it. And do you I, think, yeah. do you think all the people that I've run through in the history of EWA, you think Sly Starpone can match up to me? Do, do you, you think, think he can match up? Do you think you can match up to him? Do you I think you can match up to Sly Starpone? I am above him, Mikey. I always have been. I always will be. On his best day he couldn't beat me on my worst day he still couldn't beat me i am light years beyond him you're coming the into the, the cage as the challenge i've got it all mikey i've got it all and on january 15th i'm gonna have just a little bit more when i take the ewa championship away from that fake you have got to be kidding me. Mike. I can't wait to referee this match him. because I, I'm... Re oh, you're going to referee the match? I'm you're the senior official in again. the EWA now if you haven't been paying attention because I can wear many hats, TJ. You know this, and I'm going to be in that cage. You think one last dance was fun? How about one more again? Let's do it again. One more again. I'm going to be the referee. I'm going to be the one who counts the three or gets the submission, and I'm going to be the one that raises the hand to the winner. And you know what? I don't think it's going to be you. If you were paying I don't think it's going to be you. If you if you remember, if you get in my way, Mikey, I swear on everything that is holy. The thing that I did to Racy Hawkins is going to be nothing. Nothing compared to what I do to you. If you try to screw me over like you did before, it's I remember a cage everything. Match. I don't I need remember to do that. Everything. I remember everything, Mikey. If you get in my way, it'll be the last thing that you ever do. You don't believe that I'm going to come out on top? Are you sure about that? I, now you're just lying. I don't have to, to be. You know, I'm impartial. I'm a referee. One last dance. You think you didn't think I was going to be EWA champion for 517 days? You didn't think any of that. You had zero faith in me, Mike. You always have. You always will. But guess what? I am made. I am built 
to prove haters like you wrong every single I do not time hate. I step I into that not. ring. Every single time I step into that ring, I prove everyone wrong. I don't care if the crowd is for me or they're against me. I don't work for them. I work for myself. I work for me, Mikey. And what I'm going to get is the EWA championship. That is the most important thing right here and right now. And I swear to God, if you do anything... If you lay your hands on me once again, I swear to you, I will take every single <sighs> composure. I TJ. think you need to calm yourself composure. down, TJ. Composure, TJ. If Mikey D decides to get involved in this match, the only other head that's going to be rolling in that cage before slides is it's going to be yours. You know, you and need I can promise me. you that. You need I don't me need to raise your you. hand. You I need me to count to three. To do you anything. need me to call for the bell. From you. And There's I do not need. That I need it from you. I need nothing. Nothing other than Fly. an EWA championship. And I am going to take it. And I don't care what you have to say. January 15th, the Red Prince CSX takes back his crown. He takes back his throne. And he takes back the EWA championship. We are back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike, running solo once again because Big Ugly's out there taking care of some administrative things and also some security things because we tried this once before to get this next guest uh, on our podcast, but it was cut off by the one and only Red Prince, TJ Sykes. But we're going to get into that in a minute because we're not here to talk about TJ specifically. We're here to talk to the current EWA heavyweight champion. This man has been in EWA for quite a long time. In my opinion, this is Mr. EWA. I've gotten a chance to work with him uh, a couple of times, and I'm so happy he's going to be on the podcast. And we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. TJ, Rage in the Cage. We're going to get behind the curtain a little bit, but let me introduce the one, the only, Sly Scarpone. Welcome to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. How you doing? Hey, yo, absolutely. That was a pretty good uh, introduction, but uh, mm, not quite what I'm used to. <laughs> so uh, let me introduce myself. Go for it. I am the headband wearing, spray tan player, rat slayer, sunset flipping, ass whipping, action hero that stands alone. He's bad for your health. He slice Scarpone, a.k.a. The Stallion, a.k.a. The Action Hero, a.k.a. The Demolition Man, a.k.a. The Cobra, a.k.a. Call Sign Tango, a.k.a. The Last Expendable, a.k.a. First Blood, a.k.a. Last Blood, a.k.a. The Rat Slayer, a.k.a. The Bullet to the Head, a.k.a. The Nighthawk, a.k.a. Mr. Fubar, a.k.a. The Big Tube Steak from Indian Lake, a.k.a. The Parkville Player, and a.k.a. The Real French Pit prince of bel-air maryland and the pone ranger now that's an introduction for the ewa heavyweight champion big slide now that's that is fantastic now my ring announcing days which i still do if i ever get a chance to to, to be the ring announcer for you i'm gonna need a book because that <laughs> that is phenomenal and you just uh you just gave me something to aspire to when I get back to doing that. So thank you so much. Um, that's a lot of hashtags we're going to add onto this podcast. Uh, Sly, thank you so much. Now, before absolutely. we, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm a big, I'm a big Sly fan. I'm a big Rocky fan. We're going to get into that, but that was an excellent introduction. I want to, 
lead off with this. Um, like I said, we, uh, we, we tried to uh, get you on this podcast for quite a while. And actually, as I was trying to get you on the podcast uh, the first time, um, I was ready to introduce you. I was saying your name and I got cut off, which tends to happen in the pro wrestling business. And it was the Red Prince, TJ Sykes. And him and I have a lot of history and there's a lot of, a lot of bad blood brewing there, but I can tell you, he did not have anything positive to say about you, you know, from the, the time that uh, before this pandemic started happening, even after the pandemic, TJ Sykes is wanting to make his name, make his mark, make himself Mr. EWA, the group of Jason Andrews, AK Willis, everybody on your back, stealing your championship title, uh, all kinds of different things, but you've defended your title successfully a couple of different times. And now, Coming up at Rage in the Cage, January 15th, Parkville, Maryland, Tall Cedars Hall. The main event, it's going to be Sly Scarpone defending the EWA Heavyweight Championship against TJ Sykes. Now, TJ is not going to cut you off here. The Big Ugly, my partner, we got some security in place. That's fantastic. So, first of all, I need, I'd like to get a response from you, from him cutting you off before we even get into the ring on January 15th, into the cage. He cut you off on the podcast. What do you got to say about that, Sly? Well, uh, TJ, we're going to find out January 15th who is Mr. EWA. And I know the Scarpone Zone knows exactly right now who that is. And TJ, I would have got the respect for you if you would have just got the number one contendership the hard way, but you decided to jump me. You decided to do what you couldn't do in the ring, and that's steal the title. I ran through all your buddies, and I gave them all the cliffhanger, the cliffhanger neckbreaker. That's right. And no one in EWA, check the facts, four years, no one's kicked out of the cliffhanger neckbreaker. And I got something special for you, January 15th, and that is the bullet to the head. That so, is. Go ahead. Hey, Sly's coming, and he's coming for action, and we're going to find out. There's no need to even talk about it anymore. We're going to find out who's Mr. EWA. Because a couple years ago, when I come to EWA, guess who turned their back on EWA? When the going was, when the going was tough, he turned his back. When we were wrestling in a, the, moon, the roller rink with 15 fans, he turned his back. Mm. And we built that thing up to where it is now, and all of a sudden he wants to come back. Well, Rage in the Cage, we're going to find out who's Mr. EWA. I know he's done it all. I know he's won the title. I know he's won the Sweet 16. He's been the Maryland champ. But guess what? So have I. All right. That's it, Sly. That's fantastic, Sly. I can't wait. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure um, when I wear a different hat that day, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have the, uh, the zebra stripes on and I'm going to be the referee in that match uh, for the EWA Heavyweight Championship. And that's coming full circle for me. I've refereed TJ in the cage before. I've refereed you in a title match before. Um, but now we're going to put it all together. And will it be the end of the story? Who knows? But it's going to be the, the biggest show on the biggest stage and uh, it's always every match is a steel cage, but this is the main event and uh, this is going to be something for the books. And you got to, got to go on uh, Facebook, the EWA pro wrestling. You got to contact Jim Christian, four, four, three, eight, five, eight, two, seven, five, five. You got to be there. I mean, this is going to be huge. Um, so Sly, thank you very much, TJ. I think, uh, I think Sly did a little better on that one for you for the dirty, ugly wrestling podcast. So I know he's listening. I know he's going to hear it. And I know we got uh, 
something great coming up at the cage. But Sly, I want to change gears here a little bit. Now, our podcast, you know, this is fun. We're not right. We're not wrong. We're just fans. We like to give people a little bit of behind the curtain of what's going on. So, you know, I've known you, you know, for quite a long time, but this is the first chance really we get the chance to talk away from the ring, away from the, away from the curtain. But I kind of want to know uh, how you got into the pro wrestling business. I mean, you've got, you got a great look. You've got a great personality. Your in-ring stuff is, is very sharp. Uh, I want to know where the love for pro wrestling came from and kind of how you got into the business. Just uh, anything you want to talk about. Well, the love for pro wrestling has always been there since I was a little kid and I seen Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff hit that first pile driver, baby. So I've been a wrestling fan since as long as I can remember. I'm talking four years old. Mm. But when I broke into wrestling, it was approximately about 2009. Okay. And I believe I had some, I didn't know anything about indies. I knew WWE, I was a fan. I had never missed a pay-per-view. I had my body looking just right. So I had some friends that were watching a promotion called Kobe Pro Wrestling based out of uh, West Virginia. Okay. Um, they said they were going to have a tryout. So they kept hitting me up on Facebook. Facebook was just a, uh, uh, a start right there. It was just a, uh, just a glimmer. Yeah. They were just starting out and, uh, they seen the body and, uh, I was getting on there trying to act like a wrestler per se, but I wasn't one. Okay. And uh, they told me to go down there and check this out, that there was going to be a tryout. So, uh, one thing led to another and that tryout turned out to be, uh, more or less uh, whip the guy's ass and, and show him that it, it was a, as real as it gets. And uh, the rest of the guys involved in that tryout left in an ambulance. And Big Ooh. Sly went to the locker room and drank beers with Big Ace Montana, Bazooka Joe, two of, some of the two of the greatest indie performers that I've ever seen, and uh, the franchise Shane Douglas as well. So uh, they nice. signed me. They signed me up uh, for the school, and I was trained by WWE legend. Yay, 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 <laughs> Chris Chavis Tatanka. Shout out to Chris Chavis and Cody Covey right now. And I, I have to put in the Rage Brothers because they had a lot to do with my beginning. Brett and Dan Rage. And um, for sure, uh, Louis G. Rich. I don't know if you know that name. Oh, the, the, the wrestler of the millennium. Damn right. Yeah, there's some guys that helped mold me. We weren't exactly friends, but there's some guys that helped mold me in the ring when Tatanka wasn't around. And I got to give a big shout out to uh, Big Buddha, um, the Motley Two. There was some guys there that did a lot for me, and uh, and uh, this is uh, me giving back to them. That's fantastic. And, and I know a lot of these guys, you know, coming in and out of the podcast, you know, we spread our podcast around quite a lot. So I'm sure they're going to be happy to hear, uh, you know, the shout outs and everything like that. But that that's amazing to uh, have come in and, and basically, you know, it was a tryout, but you you just kind of went all in. You, you took it real seriously. You, you do it. You did it. You did it well. And you got trained by some of the best. And, uh, you know, everybody's still learning even to this day. That's this like 11, 12 years later. You're still doing it. Well, there, was a, there was a period in there where I had a break because okay. of uh, life events. I had okay. a, a death and my mom died and we had like a kind of spiraled out of wrestling for about five years. Okay. So when I returned, a lot of people didn't remember me. So I had to come back. I did a lot of seminars, Tully Blanchard, uh, B- Brutal Bob Evans. Oh, Brutal Bob. Hanging with Bob. Damn right. 
So, I mean, it's okay. You know, it happens in in life and in wrestling, things happen. But it's it's good that you know you're back, you're full force, you're going now. I want to I want to kind of ask you, um, you know, as far as the wrestling goes, I know you you. You, you got the look, you got the sound. There's this, there's this Rocky Balboa, Sylvester Stallone, you know, the Sly Scarpone, you got the whole thing. Where, where did the, the love or the respect or even the, where did the, all this come from, from the Rocky Balboa, Sylvester Stallone? Talk about that a little bit. Cause that's really interesting. Yeah. Cause a lot of people think that I, there was originally a knockoff to get back at John Rambo, who was a legendary trainer. That is right. not true at all. I have all the respect in the world for John Rambo and the people he's trained. The things he's done for wrestling is just amazing. So I've never really went in the in a, in a wrestling ring with anything that ever said Rambo on it for that reason. Sure. I had a respect for him. But my whole life, I was compared to my looks to Rocky Balboa. So, I mean, I'm an action movie fanatic. Nice. And when it comes to action movies, there's only one icon, and that's Sylvester Stallone. And I'm definitely not a cosplayer. It's not a ripoff. It's an homage to Sly Scarpone, to Sly St Stallone. It's definitely, it goes real deep because I think without Sylvester Stallone, the Rocky Three rub with Hogan would have never happened. The 80s wrestling boom would have never happened. Mm. So I look at that as uh, something amazing Stallone did for the business. And uh, I'll always be a huge fan. And it's kind of a homage to him and action movies. And that's my character is the 80s action movies. One-liners, rip muscles, and the, the whole thing. That's what it goes down to. It's like the movie Cobra, movies like Predator, movies like Demolition Man, movies like Rocky. That's what it's all about. That's great. And, and I'm a big uh, 80s uh, fan. I'm a big movie fan. Big Ugly, too. My partner on this podcast, big, big movie fans. And we're going to dig a little deeper into that. And you, now you got the you got the look. So you've been compared, um, you know, pretty much all your life as Fuster Stallone. So that that's all natural. That's you know, you you are you got the looks is there. That's not plastic surgery. That's not you know, that's just you being you. Right. Yeah, that's just me being me. I've always been that way. If you go back and look at day one in the wrestling business, I was ripped then. I'm in better shape now. It never, it's never going to change. I wouldn't disrespect wrestling and show up with some, you know, half-assed look or half-assed body. The 80s wrestling is what I'm into. That's my style. That's why I do the skin the cat, a.k.a. the skin the tiger. That's why I do the moves that I do. It's not, that's my style. Everybody likes strong style, this style, indie style. I'm an 80s wrestling guy. That's my style. That's why I protect my finish. When I hit my finish, it's over. And that's what it's all about. The big comeback. And then boom, boom, it's over. 80s wrestling was uh, like you just talked about one of the first, first big booms in wrestling. And that's uh, that's not even just kind of being retroactive. I mean, it, that's always been the way. But wrestling has gone a lot of different places. But you are bringing back that look, bringing back that style. And it's something obviously that, <clears throat> you know, from what I'm seeing, you know, that that brings a lot of fans. It brings a lot of people that brings a lot of people, you know, excitement in the crowd. And, and that's that's what I love to, to see. And, you know, you know what I'm saying, Mike? That's what I was trained because without fans, wrestling doesn't mean anything. Amen. You got to listen to the fans. That's why they say big slide. He wouldn't wrestle without fans and COVID, which is not exactly true. They didn't want to pay me to come down. It's the real truth. I offered to come down and wrestle TJ 
A lot of people don't want to talk about that during the pandemic. Okay. I challenged them into a casket match filled with ice, deep freeze match, demolition man style. They pushed that off because they wanted to protect the match with Corey Bush. A lot of people ain't talking about that. But uh, I ran Corey Bush out of wrestling. Obviously, I hope he comes back. If you're out there, big man, I want you to come back. But I ran Jock Cole out of EWA. I ran Corey Bush out of EWA. TJ stepped up, and we're going to find out who is Mr. EWA. Man, and that's a couple of names who've been on the podcast, who've listened to the podcast. So that that's great, and I would love to see them see them all come back. But right now, what the uh, the issue is is TJ Sykes, Sly Scarpone, uh, Rage in the Cage, January fifteenth. It's going to be it's going to be epic. Um, jump back into the the movie scene. I want to I want to hear um, you know some of you you mentioned some of your favorite uh, some of your favorite Sylvester Stallone movies. I'm a big fan. I'm a, I'm a Rocky franchise fan. What do you think about the Creed? franchise that's been coming out obviously sly was a a big part of one and two looks like he's not going to be a part of three but what do you think of that franchise i think it fails soon as sly is not a part of it i like michael b jordan don't get me wrong but without sly i have to say the best one was the second one because sly actually wrote it the first one sly took from someone else but obviously you've seen the second one they tied in drago Woo! amazing amazing Anything yeah, that was like, a phenomenal movie. Absolutely. Cobra. If they make the, I heard they're doing a comeback for that. A Demolition Man, they're doing a new one. Expendables 4 is coming out this year. I mean, it's sky's the limit for action movies. As long as they got Stallone involved, I'm in. And he's doing a world. He's uh, He's got to be up there maybe in his, in his high 70s right now, but he still looks good. He feels good. He's doing his thing. All slides are ageless. Everybody knows that. I've been called it. all slides are ageless. People get jealous about that. Till I come to a wrestling event and I still don't have the best body there, they, they can call me old all they want. <laughs> I don't think anybody's calling you old. Like I said, you've got you've got a fan following that I, I have. It's unrivaled, actually. It, even before and after the pandemic, didn't lose any steam. Um, you know, you got, you got people out there wearing the headbands, screaming your name, chanting That's for you. And I want to tell you, that's what separates me from the rest. My connection with the fans. I connect with the fans. And a lot of these guys haven't learned how to do that yet. They want to be their cool heel. They want to be a cool baby face. They want to do their, get their stuff in. But till they connect with the fans, they're not going to get what it's called getting over, my friend. Mm-hmm. I've done it in Pittsburgh. I don't live in Pittsburgh. I don't bring my friends and family to shows. The fans I make, that shit is organic. Nice. Or- my friend that just happened that's i wasn't brought into ewa i wasn't wasn't brought up through the pain factory which i respect greatly they're doing great things superstar saul is a future heavyweight champion in my book he is amazing he is amazing he's one of my top five favorite wrestlers right now in the indies but i wasn't brought in there i was brought in there as feeder but what happened i caught on i connect with the fans Without the Scarpone Zone, I'm nothing. And that Scarpone Zone doesn't just end in Maryland. That That's in Pittsburgh. It's everywhere I've been. I go and I get over. I connect with my fans. And that, to me, is what wrestling's all about. They get rid of the fans. I'm out the door, Jack. Amen to that. And that's why it's, it's, it's important to get healthy and stay safe and make sure the fans can keep coming out to live professional wrestling. It's great. Tell me about some of the other places you, uh, you've been, you work in over the years, uh, other organizations, other yeah. titles. Definitely. When I started, Kobe Pro was a 
awesome organization. Ace Montana, Bazooka Joe, um, Chris Wild came in later. Um, with Christian York, who right now was at that time, he came in right as I was going out with some personal issues, but he was my ultimate number one indie wrestler I thought there was. And if he's out there listening, any federation I'm at, you got a shot, my friend, because when I started in this wrestling business, my dream was to wrestle Christian York. I thought, man, you're the pinnacle of indie wrestling because I'm not really trying to get to WWE. I mean, that's great to go down there. The people that do it, that's great. That's not really my goals. I'm, my goals is to rock any federation I step into. Nice. But Christian York, if you're out there, man, any company I'm at, the title on the line, EWA, whatever, you got a match, baby. But like you said, Kobe Pro Wrestling, I wrestled there. And a lot of people don't know, my very, very first match was aired on TV, WJF. Mm. And I won. There you go. So from there, that's when after that, uh, my mom actually was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Oh, man. Caused a little down spiral in my life. I got in, uh, a couple bar fights that got me in some trouble with the law. So uh, I had, was kind of restricted to a certain area. I never went to jail. I never... Uh, anything like that. Actually, I work now in, in the pseudo law enforcement type okay. uh, career, but uh, I've always obeyed the law. But I had a, a time when I was very angry in life and I, I had a little down spiral when they, they said my mom was terminal. So I had to leave the wrestling business and got myself in a little trouble. But I knew I would always come back. So when I came back, I uh, went to off the chain wrestling run by uh, Crazy Shay. I met some good guys there, didn't do a lot of things there, went from there to uh, World Domination Wrestling Alliance, because okay. I knew a couple of the guys down there, um, I formed a tag team, uh, won some tag team titles, I went to NWA Northeast, and uh, a big shout out to them, they started getting the ball rolling, that's when I was starting to get into the into the seminars and started training with uh, I'm trying to think uh, Robbie E. I did nice. a little work with him. I did some stuff. I did some seminars with Tully Blanchard. Um, I did some seminars with uh, Castro Cortez. I shot over there to Outbreak Wrestling. I won a seminar down there which got me on the show. I took a brutal loss to the Ice Cream Man in the opener <laughs> but that, that's a, I'm going to have to avenge that loss. I jumped to uh, up in Williamsport. I was doing some work for a federation up there. And then I finally landed in uh, Keystone Wrestling Alliance in Pittsburgh. Okay. Which, shout out to Lou and Sean, which is, and uh, I'd have to say Tom and Bob, Tom Davenport, cameraman. Tom and Bob, some of the greatest announcers I ever worked for, became the five-star champion there, had wins over the heavyweight champion. Had wins over, which was uh, – I had big wins there. Uh, bro, under the bridge, we had that awesome main event that out, that uh, outshined um, the Rock and Roll Express was there. Sam Adonis was there. A, big, a crowd of over 1,000. So uh, big things up there. I was a big-time champion up there. Got involved with EWA. You guys know what happened there. Also, a big shout-out to – well, I got to give the big shout out to uh, Chris, Big Jim, 
Wilson, Pang Factory, all them guys down there. Big shout out to uh, ATCW, Big Mike and Chucky. I've been a champion there. Basically, I've been a champion and got over every place I've been that I've wrestled more than four matches for. That's incredible. And you, you got, you, you can hear it in your voice. You know, there's, there's a passion there. That that's just, that makes it, you know, that's exactly why we do what we do in this business, why we watch wrestling, why we go to wrestling matches, why we have podcasts that last six years about pro wrestling. And this is, it's a beautiful thing. Um, I want to, and everybody gets in trouble with the law. Everybody has personal things and, and my, my sincerest condolences uh, for your mom. Absolutely. Um, I mean, just tearing things up because I was very unhappy. Things were going, uh, you know, when you find out your mom's terminal, yeah. you end up uh, going out to a couple bars and, uh, you know, I made a, threw a couple deadly punches, if you will. <laughs> and uh, trouble, maybe. Uh, but I, I've learned from my mistakes. I got back in wrestling and I, I, I went down to first, I went Cody, Kobe Pro, had that battle royal. And after five years, I went to the final four in that battle royal and I skinned a cat. After five years, I've never been in a wrestling ring, mind you. After five years, I still skinned a cat like, boom, like it was nothing, baby. Skin in the and tiger. I, I skinned in the tiger. <laughs> like, it never, like you know, you guys realize how hard that move is, what kind of core strength that takes. Yeah. And practice wrestling. I don't. It's a one-time shot. I get in there. It's one-time shot. That is that is phenomenal. I want to um, want to pick your brain just a little bit. A couple of quick fire questions. I want to see um, you know dig a dig a little bit deeper. You said you've been a fan of pro wrestling. Uh, you, you seem yes. like you're still a fan now. What is your favorite match of all time as far as watching, uh, whether it be WWE or anything else? What is your favorite match of all time? Favorite match of all time: Bret Hart versus the British Bulldog, Wembley Stadium. I think it still stands up to this day as real sport wrestling. Real wrestling, um, that's definitely got to be up there as well, on the top. Okay. And uh, definitely the Steiner Brothers versus Sting and Lex. I really like that one, man. It was a real good clash of big Steiner Brothers, big Sting and Lex. Lex Luger's a, a good, a, a big, big uh, influence on me. Nice. And, um, I would have to say they're two of my favorites. That is that. Uh, I actually, we even go way back. I could watch um, Brett and Bulldog from that SummerSlam in Wembley, the Intercontinental Championship, uh, the the main event. Uh, just nothing better than it that. Still stands up. It still stands up. It sure does. I mean, they went through. It's not only the amount of moves that they did, but how they presented that and and the finish that kind of came out of nowhere, which wasn't even a finisher. It was just, hey man, I'm going to put you in the sunset flip, and I'm going to sit down on it. And there, there it is. And Bulldog getting over in his home country, 80,000 people. And it turned out to be, you know, the love fest between Brett and Bulldog at the end. It was beautiful. Couldn't have done any better with that. I'd love to see more stories like that in pro wrestling. Same move. There you go. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. How about um, the first, you know, and again, pulling back the curtain, you know, back to 2009, back to when you uh, did the tryout, your first bump. How did it go? Did you do it right? How did it feel? I mean, obviously hitting the ropes and taking the bumps and doing all this is a little bit different than watching on TV, but how did that, uh, the first times go for you? Um, I definitely felt them. That's for sure. But yeah. the big bumps pretty good as a natural. I could do the, the flip bumps, the bumps hitting the ropes. Like I said, from my first tryout, I felt pretty comfortable. 
it was the 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 little transitional things that I would have trouble with the, the polished things. Mm-hmm. And to this day, you know, sometimes I can still get a little louverish in the ring, but uh, I'm the real thing, and they recognize me as the real thing. When a fan sees me, he sees somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. He doesn't see his uncle Joe. You know what I mean? He sees a real athlete, a real performer, someone that's in the gym every day, someone that takes this serious. So someone that can skin the cat, someone that can throw the Frankensteiner, someone drop down leapfrog press slam. I've pressed them all. I've slammed the weight of the world, 600 pounds. Yeah, that's no that's no joke. Corey Bush, I mean, absolutely. It's all stuff that's out there. I've reversed moves into the skin the cat. I mean, uh, I'm an athletic performer, my friend. Uh, there's Absolutely. no reason. What is your favorite? Um, do you? I'm not sure. Over the 11 or 12 years, have you ever worked heel? I mean, do you prefer face to heel? I mean, obviously the Scarpone uh, zone, the, everything, yeah. but you can still connect with fans as a heel. So, what do you think about that? Honestly, when I roll out of the ring and I take my headband and I put it on a kid's head, that's everything for me. That's the reason. I don't turn heel. Sometimes I've been close in interviews and I'm a little heelish in interviews. And uh, there's been some things. Was he going to go heel? Is he going to turn heel? But for one, that's my money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my money, if I'm going to be a heel, I'm going to do it all the way. And I just love my fans too much to do it because I can't, you know what I mean? I can't rip their posters up. I can't, you know, pie face them. I, I love them too much. So, uh, Sly Scarpone will probably never turn heel, never say never, but there would have to be a big reason for me to go heel. Nothing wrong with having a little anti-hero in your promos or in your speeches or even in, in your well, ring work. I Nothing wrong with that. Called a tweener, but the truth is, inside, I want to be cheered. When they sing my song, Sly Scarpone, Sly Scarpone, <laughs> that was I mean, when they're singing along with me and I see the fans and I put the headband on the kids, the autistic kids, you know, that's what I'm there for. That's what keeps me coming back is the fans, the Scarpone Zone. And I got to give a big shout out to the Scarpone Zone right now. So Little Mike, Little Kim, the Tershmans, MPG, Parker, Big Tim, Wes. If I'm forgetting anybody, which I am, because there's a legion of them, big shout out to the Scarpone Zone. You know I love you. I'm working on, I'm working on the action figure. So stay patient. We're working on that, bringing that action figure out and the the, the, the new tank, the the new tank top. And you're going to have merchandise as well. Um, you know, we got the uh, Rage in the Cage. We're going to get the, uh, I believe, uh, the big sly. You know, with the star in the middle. So we're going to have the, uh, not in time for Christmas, but definitely in time for Rage in the Cage. Yes, the new design, for sure. I'm glad you brought that up because the new headbands are out. They weren't in time for Christmas, but they are in time for Raising the Cage. And, you know, I got a special deal for new kids, first-time kids coming to Rage in a Cage. We're going to get a special deal. And I got some for the chicks. You know I'm the Rod Slayer. (laughs) I got the Tiger Stripe headbands for the chicks, baby. I got the new design, the big slide with the star. These are brand new. I got the chicks covered. I got the kids covered. I got the zones covered. Man, it's on. Man, it's going to be huge. We're going to, it's going to be big in 2022. It's starting with Rage in the Cage, but it ain't going to stop there. That's fantastic. Got merchandise. Got the, got the Sly, Sly Scarpone zone all over the place. And um, 
A couple more quick fire Ooh. questions before we uh, uh, favorite. I mean, obviously, we talked about Rocky Four, and that's uh, traditionally the favorite Rocky. But what is your favorite Rocky moment or favorite Rocky movie? Woo! I'm a big fan of Rocky Three. Talked Apollo. about the Thunder Lips thing, the rub. Yep. Yeah, I really love that whole match. How that was put together is phenomenal. I mean, I think that that might be the greatest wrestling match of all time that was on a movie. You know <laughs> what I mean? I mean, that rub right there ignited something. Without that, there's no WrestleMania one. You guys remember Mr. T, correct? Right, right. So right there. But uh, for me, the best moment would have to be uh, Rocky and Apollo running on the beach. Nice. And he does it. And then when he finally does it, when he finally beats Apollo, and you know you're ready, he knows he's ready. That's the, that's the eye of the tiger right there. Damn right. When what do you think about back, Tommy Gunn? Sometimes I, they call me the eye of the tiger, and I can't believe that wasn't in my original intro. <laughs> It should be. Anything Sylvester Stallone, Rocky Balboa should be all yeah, about you. That's one of my nicknames as well, a.k.a. the Island Tiger. I'm, I don't know how that wasn't put in there, but. If, it, it's assumed at this point. <laughs> it's, well, you got a lot of nicknames. That's great. I'm have a talk with my secretary that wrote this stuff down, <laughs> and uh, we'll have a talk about it later. I love it. What do you think There's of Tommy Gunn? Tommy Gunn, actually, if I had to say I like the movie, but. For Sly, that was his uh, least favorite. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go with that's my least favorite as well. I'm a big, huge fan. I got to say Rocky won. Every, I mean, that's the big one because – and uh, I love the actual Rocky Balboa. The last yes, one in the – Absolutely. The big comeback. Everybody knows the fight with Mason the Lion Dixon. You know who that – that's Antonio Tarver. Antonio Tarver. Boy Jones. You know, Sly pretty much fought him. That pretty much that fight got him into. The, he's also in the boxing hall of fame, and he's in the WWE hall of fame, celebrity wing. Do you guys know this? <laughs> I mean, come on! I'm not the only one that should know this. Yes, definitely not. I I know it all, and now definitely our Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast listeners are going to know it as well. The passion just coming through the podcast. I love it. I love it. Um, I want to throw uh, another one out there. Um, Ultimate Warrior. Thoughts? Ultimate Warrior, um, obviously the body. Um, is it as good as Lex Luger's? Mm, I'm going to have to say Lex. but uh, And Lex is still around. But uh, great, not, you know, everybody said he's not the polished performer. But he's definitely true to his character. And uh, that's bigger, bigger. Your character and telling a story is bigger than being, uh, getting your moves in for me. That's what wrestling's all about. And if you watch the match between Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage, the retirement match. WrestleMania 7. There, when Elizabeth comes back. I'm, wait a second. I got to wipe these tears out of my eyes. Oh, good. Oh, my God. That was a that's crying still, moment. That still, that still pulls at this heart. It's one of my favorite matches as well. It tells a hell of a story. And a big shout out to Rick Rude. Ultimate Warrior matches. I think Rick Rude pulled a lot out of the Warrior. Mm -hmm. That was a good matchup as well. How about Bobby the Brain Heenan? I love him. Bobby the Brain, I love him. Um, I haven't seen anything close to him. I mean, I'm really uh, dangerously. Paul Lee does a good job. I wish the managers would come back. I think that's something missing. 
I think they're starting to maybe bring that back a little bit. But uh, I definitely uh, – he's got to be the best. Best of all time. What do you think about uh, the current product of professional wrestling uh, all, all the way through the Thunderdome era with no fans come bringing fans back? What do you think? Uh, where do you think pro wrestling stands right now on the main stage as a whole? What do you think about that? I understand why the big companies did that with that, with the no fans and they tried to have the, the fans. That's not for the little shows. I understand why the big companies had to do that. You got to keep going. The show yeah. doesn't end. I mean, Owen Hart, I watched that pay-per-view where he fell. That show didn't end. Yeah. Something tragic, and I love Owen Hart. Something so tragic like that, and that show doesn't end. A huge fan of him. Um, I love professional wrestling. I love it. You know, I, I'm more, I'm not so, I mean, I've been a WWE fan my whole life, but I, I don't watch it as much now, per se, um, because I, I, I don't have the channels on my TV. I'm always in the gym. <laughs> but when I do catch it, uh, I mean, I do like certain parts of all the shows. I love Roman Reigns as a heel. I think uh, I like Dolph Ziggler. There's certain guys I think I like that uh, would like to see uh, do a little better. I like the team of anything Randy Orton does. I love. So I like everything he's doing. If you switch to the other show, I'm a big fan of uh, Triple H. I'm sad to hear that Triple H is. Uh, I thought he had a good mind for wrestling. I thought he did all right in, with the, the old NXT. Mm-hmm. I've seen uh, the young Steiner in the new NXT. I'm a fan of the, the Braun Breaker. I hate the name. I don't know why <laughs> they go with the Rex Steiner, right. which would have been awesome. But uh, I don't know what's going on there. Um, turned it to the other. Uh, I love how they boo Cody Rhodes. Um, I like uh, Hook. I think Hook's got something going on. That's family legacy right there. Yeah, I like the, what he's got going on. I like the matchup. I would love to wrestle Hook. I think I match up well with him. I would throw the 80s style on him, and I think he would be confused. <laughs> I think I'd drop down, pre- leapfrog, press slam. He'd try to get rid of me. I'd skin the cat back in, cliffhanger, boom. I think that I would match up well with him or Jungle Boy. I think I'd whip both their asses. <laughs> um, Cody Rhodes would take the ride. I would put him up in the lights. Um, the Their champion, the Cowboy. Yeah, Cowboy. Adam. Agman Adam Page. Um, great wrestler. I love the buckshot clothesline. Um, they got some good things. I've watched – I've never been a CM Punk fan, but I've watched some of his matches, and he's, he's his matches are really – really, you can tell he's taking a lot from Bret Hart. Yeah. A real sensible – his matches make sense. Let's just say that. He's telling a, a nice story, and a lot of the other guys ain't, ain't quite doing that. I'm not a big fan of a hundred million finishers and people getting out of them. Yeah. And with a small package, that doesn't make sense to me, (laughs) but it is what it is. I'm a huge, huge fan of major league wrestling. Okay. So, uh, I like them and, uh, Jacob Fatu. Um, I like everything they're doing. It's kind of like a throwback to some old stuff. And, uh, and the NWA as well. I really like what they're doing. I got a friend down there, uh, El Rudo, Sam Adonis, uh, okay. Victor Benjamin's down there. Uh, I've trained one time with him in Pittsburgh. Um, so they got some people coming in down there, and I, I look for that to be pretty popular. I like that throwback, the old school studio. I think I could fit in there. 
and I think I could do some damage there as well. Um, day one. Yep. There you go. What is uh, t- talking about finishers? And as we start to take it home here on this podcast, uh, I know you, you've got a finisher. You, it's very well protected. You talk about protecting the finish. I'm a big fan of that, too. What is yeah. your favorite finisher of all time? Oh, without a doubt, it's got to be the Steiner screwdriver. No <laughs> one would get up from that. That's the most devastating move. If someone would let me do it, I would try to do it. In the Indies, <laughs> but if I, you know, I'm not trying to paralyze anybody. But I do love my actual action hero, Con Rana, is a Frankensteiner. It is a top rope Frankensteiner. And uh, I have three finishes and the sly necktie, which is is a, a, a anaconda vice, basically. Mm-hmm. A little very on an anaconda vice. And, of course, the cliffhanger neckbreaker. But uh, right now, the best finish, that was my best finisher of all time. A big shout out to uh, the New Heart Foundation. Teddy Hart and Davy Boy Jr. Mm. Uh, tag team finish of the Doomsday, the Doomsday, uh, with the Rolling Power Driver. Right, Doomsday. right. Well, they got a name for that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, Petey Williams. What do they call that when they? Oh, the uh, the Canadian Destroyer. Yeah, the top rope Canadian Destroyer. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of a regular Canadian Destroyer because why would I do a flip when I could just pick him up and power drive him. <laughs> shoulders. I think that's the way to do it. And uh, I, I like that move. Uh, I like, I like them. So I really like that finish. I definitely like FTR's finish for a tag team. And um, who else I think has a nice finish. So if I had to say the neutralizer Cesaro. Sure. Quick. He can get it on anybody. I'm really a big fan of that one. And uh, like I said, the buckshot lariat's nice. Mm-hmm. You're a big fan uh, of finishers, and and that's good because you know wrestling needs to tell a story, especially inside the ring. And you know, once in a while, if you have false finish after false finish, but if, if everybody's doing it every match, it's not it's not really making sense. But you know, a guy like you, the story you're portraying, the character you're portraying, once you hit one of these, uh, you know, whether it be the submission hold or the or the big top rope Frankensteiner, um, something like that, you gotta you gotta know it's over. I mean, it's gonna have to take a hell of a story, a hell of a character, a hell of a comeback to make that not. What do you think think the snake would think about people using a a DDT as a transitional move? (laughs) Well, I'm sure he's not happy about that over these years because when he did it, I mean, and he planted you face first into that mat, it was over. When he did it to Ricky Steamboat, he about broke his head. That's right. Like, what do you think Shawn Michaels would feel about 30 super kicks? You know what I mean? Come on. Got to look at the young bucks on that one. Get a little bit of respect back to the guys. You know what I mean? What like about Austin, Hogan's, what about Austin, Hogan's leg drop? You know, that's what, an 80s thing. Hogan's leg drop? Lethal. Yeah. Look at the But look at who's doing it. It's, it's you know, 300 pounds, six foot eight, and he's leaping in the air. You know, and uh, you know, if he hits you with that, crushes you across the throat or across the top of the chest, your wind is gone. You can't get up for three, let alone 30. I mean – and that's it say, oh, it's just a leg drop. No, it's not just a leg drop. Look who's doing it. <laughs> if, if it was uh, exactly you know, uh, if it was a 180 pound cruiserweight doing a leg drop on you, it ain't going to hurt. But if it's 300 pounds of and, and look, you want to go back to this Rocky three movie. And that, I mean, I mean, whatever the camera angles they did when Hogan threw that leg up and they did it in slow motion. And you heard the screaming like, holy God, like that's a leg drop. That's that's the finisher. 
Oh, man. But, and I don't think it finished Sly, did it? Nope. No, that did not finish Sly. Uh, no, he actually did. picked him up because he uh, <laughs> went for two. And he's yeah, like, no, 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 not for the meatball. Yes, he did. See? Yes, he did. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Well, look, Sly, I know you're, you're a busy man. Great. You got to hit the gym. I know what's, what's going on, but I want you to, to take us out. This is the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. I'm so happy to have you on here. We're going to share the crap out of this. We're going to push to Rage in the Cage. It's going to be Saturday, January 15th, Tall Cedars Hall in Parkville, Maryland. Tickets are available right now, but they're going fast. It's going to be safe. It's going to be fun. All ages. You got to be there. And uh, once again, you are defending the EWA Heavyweight Championship against TJ Sykes in the cage in the main event. I want to hear your, your thoughts, your your wishes your anything you got going on with this ewa and also i want to tell want you to tell our listeners where we can find you so we can follow you all right that's a big thing ewa (laughs) january 15th you gotta be there because big slides ready to pull the plunger back (laughs) and inject three cc's of action into tj into tall cedars hall into parkville Baby, Rage in the Cage is where it's at. And everybody else, I mean, all the fans, I want you to be there. We got the new headbands. And the TJ, you might call yourself the Red Prince, but when we go to Bel Air, I'm the new Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Maryland. You can chase me around, but you're not getting that heavyweight title. And we're going to do this, uh, this one. We're going to, obviously, we're going to get back to Bel Air, the battle for Bel Air. And we, we talked about that, but uh, going back to the I'm DOG, so the Parkville, Maryland. But- That's a new, a new, a new venue that we set on fire. I mean, how hot was that? Were you there? EWA is growing, baby. It, it's oh, going. Bel Air, we're taking over. The county commissioner's involved. The venue, the castle. I mean, we're ready. The match between Saul and Alexander. Oh, Are my you God. kidding me? Are you kidding me? If that's not match of the year, then I don't know what is. I haven't seen anything that good on the Indies. That may be. If you haven't fallen in love with Superstar Saul, if you haven't fell in love with EWA, the Scarpone Zone, Big Sly, then I, I don't know. You must not like real wrestling. <laughs> and this I is... love all, and this is not a knock on anybody. I love all promotions. I love all wrestling. I'm a big fan of all of it. I don't like, if you're involved in professional wrestling, I respect you. And I know what you're doing, all the MCWs and all uh, the Iron City Dojo and all this, uh, ICW, International Wrestling Cartel, all these places. I, I respect you all. It, I love you all. Everybody that's doing their thing. I mean, I don't say, you know, obviously there's levels to things. If you're getting the more WWE stars, people think you're this and you're that. But, I mean, we're here. EWA has been around for 10 years. 20 years, EWA. actually. Huh? Almost 20 years now. Yeah, been around for over a decade. Like I said, we've gotten – this is where new stars come in, like new guys, guys that ain't quite mainstream. It's a little grittier. It's a little different, man. It's a little different presentation. We're kid-friendly. We don't cuss, even though maybe I dropped a few. <laughs> you know what I mean? We got some cold beers there. We'll have a nice after party, man. We're kid-friendly. We're definitely female-friendly, everything. We got it all. We got it all, man. If you don't like EWA, you don't like professional wrestling, and, and I got to give a big shout-out to everybody that works for EWA. 
it's a company that I was, uh, I was proud to work for for several years. And then I took, you know, t- I took a break myself, you know, personal things happen, things happen, but, uh, you know, big Chris, big Vinny got me back in and, you Sometimes know, reset. Yeah. Got to reset. But big Jim, Chris Wilson, always never short me and pay. They've never cut any kind of tricks. They tell you how it is straight. You know what I mean? I, my, my, my money's always there. I mean, there is there, there's no, there's no shortage. I mean, we get there. It's a, it's not just a handshake deal, man. It's, it's a proven fact. They, they do what they say they're going to do. They've always treated me right. And that's why, I mean, everything I do is going to be for them in Maryland. It's EWA. You know, I might wrestle for some other places, but EWA is where it's at. That's where I'm at. Cause they treat me good. And uh, big shout out to them. Big shout out to big league. Big shout out to Vertebreaker. Big shout out to Tom Davenport out of Pittsburgh. Lou, like I said, Lou and Sean. Big shout out to ATCW. And uh, big shout out to EWA, Pain Factory. Big shout out to Assault Wrestling, too. They're kind of a new one. I, I think that uh, they got, they're got they in a Big Slide. I just got contacted by some – I got some big news coming for the new year. I'm not going to drop just yet. Uh-oh. But I at least – Four, I think it's three to four heavyweight title matches coming, mm. even other companies. So it's going to be a big year for Sly. And um, it's uh, it's going to be a big year for Sly. Just stay tuned. Stay tuned for the action figure. We, we're working with a couple companies right now. We're trying to iron out the action figure. And uh, the Tershmans, you'll be the first one to get that action figure. And um, the, the new tank top. Sly says, don't be a whistle dick. We're going to add 30 pounds to your bench press with that. We're definitely going to do big things. Big things with the new tank top. Big things in 2022. Big things for Sly Scarpone. This has been excellent. This is one of the most fun uh, conversations that I think I've ever had on the podcast. The roadmap in this bicep right now. I am jacked right now. I wake up jacked. It's unbelievable, man. I mean, these guns, these are legit, legit 20-inch guns. I don't, you've thrown, everybody's throwing the tape around them. Hell, they're almost big my waist. And that waist is uh, currently right now residing with the EWA Heavyweight Championship. And uh, I know your plan is to still have that EWA Heavyweight Championship okay. after Rage in the Cage. If TJ can beat me, it's in the, in the middle of the ring in the cage. There's no way to cheat. If he can beat me right in the middle of that cage, I'll shake his hand. That's his title. I'll leave EWA. But I don't think that's going to happen. The Scarpone Zone, I draw too much power from the Scarpone Zone. I'm too important for EWA wrestling. I'm the one packing the seats. I don't think he can get the job done. I beat all his friends. Cliffhanger. I got This is Sly's death row, baby. Sly's death row. I've already took Jason Andrews, a.k.a. Whistle Dick Willis. I took him to the gallows and dropped him off the cliff. There's only one thing left, and that's for you, TJ, is the bullet to the head. And uh, regardless, one way or the other, EWA is grateful to have you. Bullet to the head. Bang, down. Bang, done. And that's it. And we're going to find out. We're going to check that out. EWA, Rage in the Cage, every Woo! single match in a steel Woo! cage, baby. And it's EWA Pro Wrestling. Andy Red Paint. 5.0. <laughs> Mustang, the time machine, 
fully blown. Pedal to the metal, baby. It's going down. Rage in a cage. I love it. We are going to. We're getting it. Going to get it done. It's going to happen. I'm still going to have the gold because every action movie you've ever watched, when the credits roll, when the credits roll, the hero is the one that gets the girl. He gets the gold. He gets it all. The villain goes down. That's how it's going to be. That's how it's got to be. That's how it is in every action movie. When the credits roll and the smoke clears, it's going to be Sly Scarpone, EWA heavyweight champion. Love it. Thank you so much, Sly, for joining us. I'm going to share this with you. I'm going to tag hashtag the crap out of this, and we're going to yep. get all the Scarpone Zone listening to this in the next couple of weeks as we lead up to Rage in the Cage. And you know, if history serves, uh, people are going to be listening to this for years to come, so they're going to be able to hear the backstory of Sly, and they're going to be able to hear the passion of Sly, and I'd love to have you on again later on in the future. All you keyboard warriors out there, don't be a whistle dick and listen to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, baby. That one we're going to make into a soundbite. <laughs> that one we're going to make into a soundbite. Sly, I want to uh, wish you a happy holiday, you and yours. Uh, happy New Year. Be safe. And uh, we are going to see you on January 15th at Parkville, Maryland, Rage in the Cage, Tall Seat as well. Without a doubt. Scarpone Zone, get ready. Get ready, Scarpone Zone. One more thing, Sly, before we go, as we lead into another part of this podcast with Mike Kunda, uh, another Sly, uh, love, love Sly, he, he impersonator, but also, uh, you know, he gets out there, he does the Yo Philly Rocky tour. I think I mentioned right. my, his name to you. I think you know who that is. And, right. uh, you know, if you guys have a love, a love for Rocky, a love for Sylvester Stallone, Mike Kunda's coming up on this podcast. What do you got to say to Mike Kunda? Keep doing what you're doing. I love it. I mean, you're a fan, just like I'm a fan. And uh, if you, it makes you happy to do what you're doing, you keep doing it. Because uh, guess what? If this gets back to the real Sly, Big Sly, Sly Stallone, big shout out to you. I love you. You're the icon. And if you got a part in Expendables 4, I'm jacked right now. I'm looking so jacked. I know Cheeseburger Eddie's out. <laughs> I know he's out. Bring me in, Big Sly. Bring me in. All right. That's what I love to see. And, and Mike Kunda's gone up to Sly, and, and, and uh, you know, we, we can share things on all kinds of social medias, and we're going to be tagging him on this, too. So this is going to get big following episode 101. It's the next hundred of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Sly, thank you very much, and we are going to see you at Rage in the Cage. Thank you. On the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, my name is Dirty Mike. I'm the Big Ugly. And we have a very special guest with us today. He is the two-time heavyweight boxing champion 
of the world. He's a Southpaw from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the city of brotherly love. Ladies and gentlemen, Adrian's Cafe restaurant owner, entrepreneur, Rocky Balboa is with us today. Rocky, how you doing, brother? Yo, I think it's about time for me to go. You know what I mean? It's like uh, when you say such nice things, I don't know what a lot of them words mean, but they were rhyming, you know. Uh, absolutely rock uh, you've been uh, you've been a great uh, great figure for the entire boxing world the entire entertainment world we we love you we loved all your fights all your uh, bouts and all your wins losses you, you tied once you know uh, i don't i don't think it personally was a tie i think you had to win uh, that, that's what mick said in the hospital this is the man who won the fight <laughs> and uh me, me and eric are big fans right eric big yes guys. man yes uh what's your toughest toughest fight rock hulk hogan <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, I mean, Thunderlips. <laughs> Thunderlips. Dropped, dropped the big leg. That's all she wrote. I think that was like cheating, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> that, that, that was one of my favorite fights of yours to watch Thunderlips in the flesh, baby. You know, there, but uh, was, he kept calling me Meatball. I don't, I don't understand all that. That just made know. me hungry. I mean, I don't know. You're Italian, so you know something about that. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, I wish I had the tiger with me when I fought. Uh, Thunderlips. <laughs> tell you that much. You, you, you got the nickname the Italian Stallion, I believe. From uh, you know, one of the first times we saw you on film, you said you created that uh, while eating dinner. I want you to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I was eating. I was so hungry. It was after fighting a club fight. I come home. I made BLT spaghetti and hash browns, and <laughs> so I was shoving them in like a horse. I was oh. just so hungry. I was eating like out of a feed bag. The Italian Stallion was born. You know. <laughs> Oh man, I love it, and 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 you finally made the uh, the uh, decision to retire after the Rocky uh, Drago fight. You know we're going to talk about that a little bit, but uh, you were enticed almost to come back. You and Tommy Gunn had a fight that was kind of controversial, not your best outing as far as all other people are concerned. But I want to hear how you felt about Tommy Gunn. I want to know about that that kind of middle part of your uh, professional boxing life, Tommy okay. Gunn. You know, Tommy was a good kid. You know, he was like 20 years old when I found him on the street corner there. But like, you know, he had a lot of growing up to do and uh, it was easily swayed. But I think that kid has a lot of promise. You know, I don't even know what happened to him. I heard he ended up fighting in the Carney circuit out in the Midwest. But, you know, with me, uh, it just uh, was a little misunderstanding. And uh, the way we settled it back in the old days, especially in Philly, you know, do a fist of cuffs. We shake hands. And it's like, you know, you move on. You know what I mean? It's like, it's okay, you know. And uh, Big Ugly, I know you're a big fan of uh, Adonis or Apollo Creed. You know, all, all the Creed family. I, I know you got some uh, ideas about that, some questions there. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. So what do you think of uh, of Adonis Creed's career, right? Well, I, you know, <laughs> that's the thing. I think Donnie was uh, he's another young man. Uh, he had a lot to live up to. I think uh, maybe some of it was in his own brain. But I think he got, he's got speed, definitely got some power. Uh, the jury's out on whether he could take a punch, though. I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe <laughs> he could take a punch. I don't know. He was slipping a lot of baby Drago's punches. So, I don't know. We're going to keep a close eye on All right. But you think he got potential to, uh, you know, be bigger than his father's legacy or what? No, absolutely <laughs> not. No. He ain't coming anywhere close to Apollo's legacy. <laughs> And, and before we uh, – uh, one thing I want to talk to Rocky about is Apollo. I mean, you know, your best friend, also your worst enemy at one point in time. I want uh, to know what Rocky Balboa at this point in time in his life feels about Apollo Creed. You know, 
Butler give me a shot when nobody else would. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of regrets going on there. You know, he asked me not to throw the towel during the Drago exhibition, but you know what? I didn't. I should have. I've been living with that. But you know what? He gave me a shot, which gave me everything I got today. And uh, I miss him, and I love him, and uh, I always consider him my best. That's what I want to talk about. That's fantastic. Well, hey, you know what, Big Ugly, I think it's time to un unveil the curtain a little bit, yeah, I think. Let's pull it back. <laughs> let's pull it back a little bit because this this could go on for a while, and I'm having too much fun with this. But uh, the, the voice you are hearing on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, of course, other than myself and the Big Ugly, is a gentleman that I came across uh, actually tech checking out Sylvester Stallone's Instagram when he was plugging Rocky for the director's cut, Rocky versus Drago, and he gave a shout-out to a gentleman who actually runs the Yo Philly Rocky film tour. Um, he also, he, he looks like Rocky Balboa. Sounds like Rocky Balboa. He is a big fan and he's a big collector. Obviously, we got him on the Zoom thing. We see him in the background there. I want to introduce Mike Kunda to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Mike, how you doing, buddy? I am doing so well. And could I just say something, Mike, that I am, it's a rare thing. You said my name correctly. <laughs> you said my name and Sly likes to goof on me a little bit with my name. He always likes to do my Kunda. <laughs> he always emphasizes whatever he Well, if I haven't seen him in a, in a month, a year or two or whatever it is, and we like Kunda. <laughs> I don't know why he does that, but he does it. Most people pronounce my name like that. Like, but it isn't. It's uh, you got it right. So thank hey, you. No problem at all. I got this German Polish descent myself. And for some yeah. reason, last names come a little, uh, a little special to me, but that's great. It's great to have you. I was great to, to find you online and Thanks. thank you for the communication you've been having with me. And uh, sure. we're going to talk about your tour. We're going to talk about your uh, relationship with Sly. And uh, I just want you to uh, tell me and the big ugly and the listeners, a little bit about who you are and what you do, where you come from, how old you are, you know, your height, your weight, whatever you want to talk yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, so five foot ten. Uh, <laughs> unfort <laughs> unfortunately, I'm weighing in at about 218. I got to get back down to 200, but that's COVID for you, right? Yeah. So, uh, weighing 202 pounds. That's what yeah. he eats. I would love to get back to 202. <laughs> so I'm uh, 53 years old. And I grew up in a little town north of Philadelphia, Scranton, Pennsylvania. And when hey. I was a, yeah, right. and my hometown. And so when I was um, 11 years old in 79, I saw Rocky on TV for the first time. And when I was a kid, I was a very petite child. And so that was natural for, um, you know, schoolyard bullies. And I would always cry and run away and so on. Well, anyways, uh, my father knew to reach out to me. I was somewhat of a dramatic inspired child. So he, and I had this imagination and I used to dress like my superheroes that were my idols. And he said, you know, Mikey, why don't you, there's this movie on Sunday night. It's called Rocky. It's about this guy. He's a boxer. It's not the greatest boxer in the world, but that's not what is important. What's important is that he keeps trying and maybe you'll learn something for the schoolyard. So I thought, okay, I mean, it's your dad. And boom, those big white letters come across the screen. I was hooked. All these years later, um, I won a National Rocky Lookalike Contest in 2006, and that changed my life irreversibly. I went from that to doing uh, Rocky gigs. I get hired as a Rocky impersonator for conventions and so on in Philadelphia, and I do a little thing called the Yo Philly Rocky Film Tour, which is um, a tour I created, and we go around to uh, somewhere around 65 Rocky filming locations, uh, it takes about three, three and a half hours, four hours, depending on traffic. And I tell all these stories. I have a, an, an 
enormous amount of knowledge about the Rocky world and especially the early movies and Balboa. And so I tell these stories and Stallone is actually a, a friend of mine. And we, we kind of go back and forth fairly often. And he answers these questions. He tells me stories. I was on the set of Balboa and Creed one and two, and I saw a lot go down and I even more stories. I was at Sly's 60th birthday dinner at the Victor cafe in 2006. So I have a wealth of knowledge to draw from, not to mention I got to, uh, go to Burt Young's house. He invited me out there, wow. sat there for five hours. With him. He greeted me at the door with a scotch a few years back on a Saturday morning at 11 a.m. <laughs> and he's like, just like Paulie, only he's softer. He's, he's not so in your face like Paulie is. And, and uh, he was a, a great guy. And I reconnected with him Thursday night at the premiere with him, Stallone. In Philly, and it was uh, phenomenal. So my whole life is rocky. I mean, career-wise, you know, other than that, it's just me and my wife, no kids. You know, it's just that's life. I got nieces, nephews, mom and dad back home, brother in Scranton. You know, man, that's that's crazy. <laughs> that's awesome. It is. It is. It's like George Costanza once said, "I haven't done much with my life, but if you write it all down on a piece of paper, it's decent." Yeah. I think you've done a, quite a lot. I mean, you know, Rocky Balboa not only is a, you know, the original movie, the uh, the Rocky movie, but the the legacy of that character and how much that has impacted so many things in the world. Um, you know, so even so far past those movies and that's incredible that you would uh you, you know, got into the contest, won the contest and then just said, "You know what? Hey, I'm I, I do this cuz you're a fan. I mean, you're not getting tired of it, are you? Too much Rocky?" No, no. That's what a lot of people don't understand. And, and that's even, even myself is like, it, it's like an eternal flame. It never shuts off. Just never. And, but I also have to be mindful of that too. I've been with my wife for 33 years. So yeah, she's seen the highs, the lows, the good, the bad. And you know, it, it's like when I come home from doing, I'll do two tours a day and then I'll kill an hour and then I have a, a gig. I put the fedora on, the leather jacket, whatever, and I'll go to the convention center in Philly and I'll get up on stage and you got to act like Rocky and welcome 7,000 plumbers to Philadelphia at their convention. And then you walk around the room, you come home and I'm on a high. Like people are grabbing and pulling at you and they're taking pictures with you. You're somebody in that time frame, not me. They don't care about my Kunda. They care about the Rocky tour or they care about the character of Rocky. And they're going to show these goofy pictures of hey, I was in Philly for this convention. Some guy shows up looking like Rocky. Look at this, right? It's like an Elvis impersonator. Right. So when I come through the door, I'm on a high. I am. I've never done drugs, but I feel like I'm on this eternal high and it, it'll be like eight thirty, nine o'clock at night, whatever. And my wife will be sitting on the couch, exhausted. She works retail and she, I'll, I'll be like, Yo, how you doing, honey? How was your day today? You know, and she, I don't need Rocky. Garbage has got to go out. I had a crappy day. My car's got to go into the garage. You know what I mean? The, the reality hits because I have a job where my worst day is most people's best day at work. So I'm very aware of that. And I try. I feel whenever I talk highly about my job, I feel like I'm rubbing it in people's faces. I'm not. I'm just I'm just so happy. And my wife knows that. And there's not a more supportive human on the planet than that. But she does tease me. 
<laughs> Big Ugly, you and I can can relate to that as far as, you know, loving pro wrestling, you know, yep. and, and me being on the other side of that guardrail for the last 10 years. It's like the same thing. You, it's We, we love it. It's a, it's a high. It's a rush. Yeah. And when we, you know, hear that theme music hit or, or, or see that entrance or get that pop or whatever, that's the same thing that you're talking about, Mike. Would, would you agree, Big Ugly? talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Now, do you guys? Uh, now, did you guys ever wrestle, even in high school? I, I was wondering as we were talking there. I tried it, but when I figured out that uh, high school and college wrestling was a lot of running and a lot of cardio and a lot less hitting mm. people with steel chairs, right, um, right. I, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't take to it too well. But um, I, I took right, to theater right. pretty well. So, oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. You know, gotcha. big ugly. Did you ever wrestle? Yeah, no, I, I've always been a spectator. Um, I've never, never wrestled. Definitely have never gotten in a pro ring, you know, and I know, right. I know Dirty Mike, he's been in the pro ring. He's refereed. He's super kicked some people. He's, he's done it <laughs> I've all. I've been super yeah. kicked. Yeah. Been super kicked, right. <laughs> done the nice. ring announcing. And, you know, I, I take a lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of things listening to Michael Buffer or anybody, even the gentleman who was in the Rocky movies and taking a lot of sure. things into my ring announcing. And I just, I really do relate to you and we, we can yeah. too with the love of the game. And now it looks like you uh, love what you do and that is not rubbing in anything. That is something to be very proud of. A lot of people cannot say that in this world. Yeah, that, that's something I see quite often. And, and I get to know people. So tours are interesting because it's a way uh, if people are willing to talk about themselves, sometimes they go a little deeper than maybe they were going to and they expose certain frailties that they had flaws or insecurities and they put it out there and there's something about the character of Rocky that helps them fight through that because Rocky, you know, most people are never going to fight the Russian heavyweight champion. They're never going to own a pet robot or have a driveway filled with Lamborghinis. That's not, that's not going to happen for most of us, but we all can understand fighting just to get out of bed in the morning fighting through traffic, fighting with people at work for a, a new position or raise, whatever, promotion. Then fighting through traffic on the way home. And then maybe you're fighting with your family just because of the stress of life. We all get the concept of fighting. And when Sylvester tapped into that thing, I, I, that, that is it. it. It doesn't have anything to do with Sylvester Stallone. Years later, maybe when he was a big celebrity or whatever, okay, that's one thing. But early on, it, there was no Sly. He was called Sly very early in 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 his in his uh, life, but it he he wasn't Sly the megastar. He was a writer. He was just a writer and a struggling actor who tapped into his own frustrations and said, "Yes, what do I want to see? I want to see someone sitting on the curb watching the parade of life go by with their stifled dreams shoved down the sewer." He said, and that one person gets their an extension to them gets handed a, a lucky break. They were just sitting on the curb 12 seconds earlier. Now they're in the promoter's office being signed for a heavyweight championship fight yeah. to fight the greatest in the world. And, and we can all, uh, I think relate. That story gets me. I agree me. with you. And, and I mean, much like, like you were saying earlier, like, yeah, we might not have all of the, the riches and the things of that yeah. nature, but it's like, when you think about the Rocky characters, like, He's not the smartest person in the room or the most read, you know, educated, all of that stuff. Yet, like you said, he kept fighting. and He was able to achieve these great things. And I think, you know, it, there's probably very few inspirational movies that can convey that. You know? I, I agree. I, I don't know that the rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker will have the same effect. <laughs> 
It's a great story. Yeah. I made Darth Vader costumes. I made a, 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 a Darth Maul. St- I mean, I, I, I'm into Star. I love it. But, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi is not making me bench press Buicks. It's not, <laughs> you know, it's not, you know, Yoda is not making me, you know, go for it in life. And, you know, the, it's just, it, there is something that Rocky has tapped into. The born identity, that doesn't do it. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. there is it's something very unique, like you said, to Rocky. Yeah. It is incredible, and it's a, it is a story that just you, you can go back and, and relate to a watch and listen to any time. And, and if you hear the word Rocky, you know, just those five letters in the same R-O-C-K-Y, I mean, you, you, it brings something out of you. It brings a thought. It brings a memory. It brings yeah. something, and, yeah. and it's just incredible. Um, you mentioned a couple of things. I want to dig a little deeper. Um, you, I you know, you, too, Dirty Mike. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. So I was going to ask, so, so Mike, so – I know recently, just to bring, you know, some care stuff. So recently, uh, Sylvester Stallone, you know, did a recut for Rocky Four. Have you had a chance to see it? Yeah. Yeah. I, he invited me as his guest in Philadelphia with him to watch it in the it's movie. Incredible. It, was, it was incredible. It was, uh, it was, it was essentially, I, I was not bright enough to go to college. So I, I got out of high school with a D plus average. <laughs> I think they just wanted me to go. I don't even <laughs> think I legitimately graduated. And, uh, so I consider everything I've done in the Rocky world and all the things I've learned, I consider my tickets to that night and his invitation, like my, um, my diploma, my doctorate in Rockyology. You know what I mean? So sitting there was amazing. I, I love the movie. And, and I, I have to be fair because if anyone hears this that has heard me before or knows me or sees my own podcast, they know Rocky Four was always my least favorite Rocky. It was... There's a little too much of the goofy 80-ness to it. And Stallone has removed that. He made it much more of a dramatic vehicle, which I really looked forward to. And I thought he had done a, a great job on it. And uh, I hope you guys get a chance to see it if you haven't already. Yeah, yeah, I do want to see it. And that's interesting because I was going to ask you about your favorite and least favorite. So, because Rocky Four, Rocky Three is my favorite, but Rocky IV nice. is, always, is always up there. But how, how about your favorite, Rocky? So I'll tell you that in a second. I, I, I'll go, I, I also want to say that the older I get, the more I do these Rocky tours and I talk to people from all over the world, that everything is so subjective in our, life, our lives. You know, um, whenever you meet new people, try a new restaurant, see a new TV show, movie, and meet a new person or whatever, you're bringing your whole life experiences with you. You really are. Um, so whatever, wherever you are in your life at that point, things are going to be swayed to a degree. So. For me, I was a very scared, insecure kid. Um, my parents didn't have a lot of, we were really on the poor side growing up. And when I saw the original Rocky, that changed my life. That gave me something. That gave me the inspiration to venture to find confidence. I wasn't even venturing to go get confidence. I was happy to be a little crybaby, snot-nosed little kid that would run away from fights and never stand up for himself. That's where I was at. And Rocky did something. It just literally jump-started my DNA. When I hear that fanfare for Rocky, it just, when it came through the screen, you see those big white letters, it's like dormant DNA in my body jumped to life. It was like, no, you can be more. It took me a long time, right? but it's, that was the process. And um, it, Rocky won. The original Rocky by far is superior for me. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Do you even have a least favorite, or is that not even in your vocabulary? So you have to – I get asked this a lot. So like, like I mentioned, Rocky Four was always my le- least favorite. 
I think the director's cut has just put it a hair past Rocky Five. Um, okay. I think. See, it it it's not. I don't. I I love all the Rocky movies. It's it's like if you had six kids. All right, if you had six kids. <laughs> Which ones your favorite? Which ones are <laughs> one kid? You love all the kids, but one kid at fourteen stole the keys to the car. Uh, at one point, you know, got caught underage drinking. Maybe threw some eggs and toilet paper at Halloween. But this is the very same kid that doesn't have to be told to go shovel the old people's sidewalks in the wintertime and cut their grass in the summer and takes no money for it, does it out of the goodness of, of their heart. And, and that's Rocky Four to me. Rocky Four was such a goofy, flawed movie, but yet I loved Rocky Four, and I loved a lot of what Sly did in the original, and I love what he did now in the, uh, the new one. That's so, cool. I was, go ahead. So when thinking about, as we continue on with Rocky, like in the, the, the Creed movies, how do you feel about the Creed movies? Do you feel like they honor the legacy of the Rocky movies? Do you feel like they're almost like in their own separate category apart from the Rocky movies? How do you feel about that? How do I feel about the Creed? <laughs> <laughs> so Stallone was brilliant. Stallone was exceptional in Creed. That's why he won the award. He should have won an Oscar for it. Um, but, uh, you know, that's about the only thing I can really say about that. I didn't like the character of Adonis. Okay. And I, sp I spent a little bit of time on set on Creed, and I got to talk with um, Michael B. Jordan. And mm -hmm. at that time, he had great reverence, great respect, not only for Sly, but for Rocky. And he was all about being honest and true. And then I said a, a really nice, as a matter of fact, <laughs> Uh, it's funny you say it because I'm looking at a picture of me and Ryan Coogler right now. I'm literally punching him in the face on the set of uh, Creed. I loved Ryan Coogler. I think he is going to be one of the premier forces going forward in Hollywood. Absolutely. In my opinion, he can do no wrong so far. He yeah. can do no wrong. Um, I wished he had de done Creed 2. I think Stephen Cable... I think Stephen Capel was one of the worst things that happened to Creed II, mm -hmm. second only to Michael B. Jordan's ego. Um, not a Michael B. Jordan fan. There was mm -hmm. a lot of palace intrigue. He did some things that were not very nice to Stallone and uh, basically stabbed him in the back. And that's the reason why Sly's not in uh, Creed III. Oh. And, um, yeah, so I'm not a fan. <clears throat> the big thing, so forget my personal dislike of Michael B. Jordan as a human. When I think about the character of Adonis, he's just a crybaby. He's just complaining all the time. I don't know. I just, I, I didn't, I couldn't vibe with that. And I could not take the relationship with him and Tessa Thompson, uh, Bianca. I love Tessa Thompson. Loved her in Westworld. And I don't know she was in one of the Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. I enjoy her as an actress. She is excellent. I completely disliked mm -hmm. Bianca. She was the opposite of Adrian. She, and not that she was assertive and had her own career. That had nothing that had nothing to do with it. It was her coldness. She was just so cold to me. I would not want a woman like that in my life. I would I don't know. I, it, she really rubbed me the wrong way, the character. <laughs> that is an I, I, that's an interesting story. I, yeah, I've very, never yeah. seen that very side true. of it. See, yeah. this is exactly why yeah, um, great, yeah. I wanted to get you I, on here. I've actually been like, you know, with Creed three coming out, and I know Michael B. Jordan is venturing yeah. into 
I was almost like, man, like not knowing that Sly wasn't going to be in there. I'm like, it, it kind of like took the wind out of it for me where I was like, I don't really know if I'm that interested in seeing it because Creed 2 already kind of didn't live up to the first one. But to yeah. know like the backstory, it's just it's a sad story. Honestly. Creed 2 had Creed 2. The, the script Stallone wrote for Creed 2 was brilliant. It was absolutely on point, And I think it would have been better. Now, I know Creed 2 did a little bit better than the, the, the first Creed. But I again, when you've got Rocky and Drago, mm-hmm. when you it's basically a sequel to Rocky Four. That's what yeah. Creed Two was, yeah. and um, you know, to me, I I just think that well, it, now Creed Three is going to stand the, uh, all on its own. Now, Adonis, it's nine years later. Adonis is retired, and he's a fight promoter now. That's the scenario, and okay. there's dozens and dozens of fights in this movie. And um, Adonis doesn't fight until the end. Baby Drago is back. So, you know, it's it's just one of those things where even though my own, I won't go, I won't give the money and see it in theater. I'll see it when it comes on, uh, you know, streaming services or whatever. Um, maybe it'll stand the test of time on its own. I doubt it. I severely doubt Michael B. Jordan has what it takes to go the distance. But if he does, eh, okay. <laughs> right. I feel you. That's that's it, fantastic. It doesn't. It's, it's not going to change my life. I get no money from it. I, you know, I still go do my tours and so whatever. You know, I tell you, it's been speaking about the tour. I, I can see we got a countdown clock up there, but that's okay. We're going to get this in. Talk about the Yo Rocky Philly film tour. Tell us about you know how you started that and and how it's going and how actually people can find you to do that. So about ten years ago, I thought would it be interesting if we could do a Rocky tour where we bring people to Philadelphia and I could tell them these stories and show them these locations and take them back to 1975. So they could really, um, I don't know. My hope was that it would remind them that no dream is improbable. You could go back and do something you really want to do. And so I started years, probably in 1990, my wife and I drove down from Scranton and we drove around Philly looking for these Rocky locations. We found them years later. I mapped out a whole scenario and my first Rocky tour was on a yellow school bus. There was no website, no trip advisor. I was using Facebook and people from around the world would book tours. And, you know, we did maybe four or five of them and we had like 50 people from do every tour. And then I realized this was really costing me a lot of money. I wasn't making any money and I wanted to see if I could do this for a living. And once I decided to do a private tour, I said, wow, now I could do this. So the, one of the popes, uh, when I, when I had done, <laughs> when I had done my very first solo tour, it was with one of the Pope's Vatican guards mm. and him and his family took it. They loved it. And they said, Mike, we have two builds for you. One, uh, you got to get a website and two, you got to get on TripAdvisor. I did that. And it was literally like a spigot a month later. I went from four tours a year to literally 15 tours a month. And I thought, wow, this is pretty good. Stallone gives me a big shout out a few years back about my tours and I jump up to about 157 tours a month, but I can't do 157 tours a month. So now I stay around 40 tours a month and I'm pretty happy with that. So, and that's I can't wait to take that tour. Uh, That's, that's just going to be fantastic. A lot of stories, a lot of stories to tell you. I'm I'm excited about it. Um, I wanted to throw out something as well. A couple of years back, uh, there was a Rocky musical. Um, yeah. I don't know if you uh, have any stories or information about that. I, I never got this. I'm going to get to see it next year. It's actually because it, uh, the rights were sold and now it can be done. And uh, there's actually a, a theater in Columbia called uh, Toby's Columbia, Maryland. They're actually doing it next year. So 
That's um, fantastic. Go ahead and talk about that. So um, a friend of mine, uh, Chuck Webner, is a, a guy I got to know over the years. Uh, Chuck Webner was a boxer um, who fought Muhammad Ali, and that was the fight Stallone saw. And he said, wow, this is what I think I'm going to put the body of rock, my movie I'm going to do around a boxer. Because Chuck Webner was just a, a, an underrated fighter who went the distance essentially with Muhammad Ali. Anyways, Chuck knew the cast and crew, and he had told them about me. And when I went to go, my wife and I went like the last week it was out, and I got invited backstage to talk with the cast and crew. And Andy Carl, who played Rocky on Broadway, was brilliant. Took a lot, had some very nice stories to say. If you're a Rocky purist, don't worry. You can watch this with complete security. They added a few things that were in the original script that Stallone did away with for um, a timing. Rocky was running almost three hours originally, so they had to delete scenes. Some of those deleted scenes are actually in the play. And, uh, of course, there's a lot of singing, but the music is great. The way they do the running and climb the steps, it was nothing short of brilliant. That's fantastic. Can't wait to can't wait to see that. Big Ugly, what else you got on your list over there? Oh, I'm sorry. I was I was just in it. I, I have nothing. I, I, I wing it like always, man. Uh, I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I got lists. I got bullet points. I just want to yeah, make sure because we go got ahead. that go that countdown clock going. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, um, no, I just wanted to um, I want to throw this out there. You were you were talking about uh, you know Creed Creed two Creed three. I, I yeah. guess should we even ask if you know where the Rocky character? Obviously, so Sly's not in. Creed three, but they've got to explain it. So, do you know? I mean, should we even spoil oh, right. it? Right? Can we spoil? Are we allowed to even ask that? Like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I want to ask, but then again, you know, whether you know I, or not, know is it, was, is it legal? I was told there is zero references to Rocky in Creed three. That's impossible, that's, though, isn't they can't it? Do that. Think they about can't it. Do that now, much. wait a minute. Now, before you get nuts, because I was like that at first. Think about what I said earlier. Creed three takes place. Nine, nine years. years later. Okay. Rocky could be dead in nine, nine years uh, later, right? We don't Rocky know. Rocky beat cancer in the first Creed. You yeah, know but, what I'm but saying? But what is Rocky? How did he beat? How did Apollo lose to him? Time beat him. Takes everybody. Time's undefeated. Takes everybody. That, yeah. Out. That's so, true. Now, I can't yeah. imagine no references at all, though. Yeah, I mean, at nine know, years down the road, I, I get it. But before the story Mike told, my theory was that Creed 3 was going to start off with the funeral of Rocky, just so they established from the very beginning of the movie, Rocky has passed on. Maybe he lost the fight. Cancer came back aggressively. And then we kind of move forward from there. That was what I thought would be how they would intro it. Maybe it'll change. Maybe it's, yeah. You know, they haven't started filming yet, so that, that maybe it will change. Things have been going back and forth and changing from the little bit that I do. And I don't know much, but the little I know is that they're pretty secure. They don't think they're going to kill Rocky off. That's not really on the table. Could be. That could change in a heartbeat. I would prefer them if they're looking for an angle to get people into the theater. I would rather see them bring back Carl Weathers, who I love and adore. I, I mean, some age defying technology. I don't know. Something maybe he has some a, flashback kind of a thing. A voiceover where he's talking to his son at the cemetery. I don't know. I know that sounds kooky, but yeah, they uh -uh. can do anything. It'll work. I think we've all been looking for that. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I, was, I thought that was going to happen in Creed 2, honestly. But, well, um, Sly did his I, best to bring Carl Weathers back for Rocky Balboa, but Carl wanted a million dollars, and Sly said there's no money, and he goes, well, you can't use my likeness. And those mm. two didn't talk for a bunch of years. Carl, at one point, Stallone had called Carl Weathers Apollo Greed. And, you know, oh. 
they're, they're all good, though. They're like yeah. good buddies again. But, you know, that's what happens. Egos take part and, and things get messed up. Yeah. Let me ask you this. I know we're running out of time. Rocky, you know, starting back in the 70s, going on now, they got the Creed. Is this a franchise that should be remade? We're in the era of nostalgia, remakes, uh, all question. of that. What do you think? You know, Eric, that is a question I used to forget global warming, forget the forget anything horrible happening to the country. Is Rocky going to get remade? The series going to get remade? Okay. <laughs> yes, it probably will get remade. 50 years from now, 100 years from now, it probably will. Titanic will be remade. Um, the Godfather will be remade. It's a Wonderful Life has been remade in many different um, scenarios. Yeah, I used it used to really bother me, but it will never ever be the Sylvester Stallone Rocky. Mm-hmm. It will never be a Sylvester Stallone Rocky. Never. So you just have to say to yourself, like, look at all the Spider Man's been redone, Superman, whatever. And I just say to myself, if it happens, it's out of my control. Uh, I just hope I get another fifteen years, then I can retire doing Rocky tours and do whatever the hell they want to do because I'm retired. Right. <laughs> and you're still going to do what you do because you love it so much. And that is fantastic. Mike, yeah. I want you to uh, plug anything you got, your social media, your tour. Where can we find you, like you, follow you? Go for it. Uh, just uh, really two things. I have my Yo Philly Rocky film tour. You can find me on Instagram under that. You can find me on TikTok under that. I don't use Facebook all that much. I'm on there, but, you know, you can find me if I'm if, if you want. But uh, really Instagram. And then I do dumb things on TikTok, Rocky related dumb things. And the other thing, I, I have a podcast with uh, two other co-hosts, uh, Anthony and Stacy. And uh, the one thing I love about my it's called the Rocky Files. And it's every night, uh, Tuesday nights at seven o'clock. And the, the thing I love about it is that with our co-host Stacy, we have the Adrian factor. And that's the difference in our Rocky podcast i can't wait to listen to more of that and i would love to you know me or the big ugly would love to if you ever have guests or call-ins or anything we have you both on are you kidding we would love to jump in there but uh mike it's been an absolute pleasure we're gonna follow up with you as well um we're gonna do a whole rocky themed episode here and uh uh, dirty ugly wrestling podcast is uh you know going strong for five plus years and hopefully we're going strong for as long as rocky uh continues to go strong um uh, big 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 ugly thank you so much mike we appreciate you you. so much i'm gonna connect with you on instagram on all that we're gonna plug everything and uh rocky what final words you got for us Yo, like I always say, keep punching.